Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm here with Rachel McLeod. She is a mental therapist and an emotional wellness coach. I'm so excited to hear from her. She's going to share with us some great tips and wisdom and information on how to get our brains working better. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just so we can get a little bit familiar with you, could you tell us a little bit about just you and just how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I am a mental health therapist and emotional wellness coach. And I uh, don't think I ever intended to be here where I am today. Um, It just was a bunch of different things, including becoming a social worker that I really enjoyed. Um, Mm -hmm. I started uh, practicing as a therapist, mental health therapist with substance abusers. Um, well, people who were struggling with addiction and substance abuse. Um, I think the language has changed quite a bit since then, but since I worked in that field, but I really um, tried my best during those times and tried to apply everything I knew. Um, I was using talk therapy strategies and I just was not getting anybody any results. And mm-hmm. that really did not sit well with me. And um, long story short, I quit. I quit Mm -hmm. therapy. I was like, I had such a bad attitude. I was like, this is dumb. I'm not doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I was very salty. And I was like, I can't believe I have a whole degree in this. And, you know, here I am, (laughs) like 26 or 25. I don't know how old I was, but um, I I just was mad. and so I decided to be a stay-at-home mom because I was—I just really wanted to be with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, about three years later, I had a massive mental health crisis. Mm. I had so much anxiety. I didn't realize I was dealing with anxiety. Here I'm a therapist and I can't recognize anxiety to save my mental mind. Um, oh my and I couldn't solve my problems. I was incredibly codependent. Um, mm. I was... I, everything was shutting down in my life. It was like the only thing I was good at was taking care of those babies, but I couldn't, I just, my whole life was falling apart. My sleep was Mm. falling apart, everything. Um, And I just couldn't figure it out because here I'm an intelligent woman and I can't make anything work and I'm confused. Mm. And um, so my husband encouraged me to go get an evaluation by a mental health, by go, go to the mental health people. <laughs> so I did not want to go because You're like, no, I, it doesn't work. <laughs> so I take my little attitude over there and uh, they, uh, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, which mm. knowing now I know that that was just the tip of the iceberg. Really what I was struggling with was complex childhood trauma and generations of traumatized humans, parenting, uh, generations of p- children. And so, um, but with that diagnosis, I really was like, oh, okay. And I looked back at my life. I was like, oh yeah. And yeah. And this has been here with me a really long time, but I went 
wasn't diagnosed because I was such a high performer and Mm -hmm. so none of the flags went off. But um, a lot of the reasons why I was excelling was fear and was because of some some family dynamics issue. And I was really I was compelled to succeed. And so it was very emotionally painful, um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize it. I just thought this is life, you know, and Mm -hmm. nobody else realized it because she's doing great. And Mm -hmm. um, and so anyhow, so I got this diagnosis and I, uh, I met this woman who was doing some alternative healing methods and, um, she handed me this, uh, training DVD set for emotional freedom techniques and said, try this, it will change your life. And mm-hmm. so at this point she had helped my, my son overcome something that the re- regular doctors could not. And she helped him overcome it in three days. And so I was like, okay, whatever, I'm gonna do whatever you say, woman. Yeah. So um, I go home, I take this thing, I watch these videos and it's this tapping thing. I'm supposed to tap on these points in my body, which mm-hmm. at this point, cause I don't like those talk therapy people. I'm willing to do this weird tapping thing. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So I, that night I have these racing thoughts. I can't sleep. And I think to myself, why don't you try that, that tapping thing? And Mm so I'm like, yeah, great idea. So I go ahead and I pull it out and I start tapping through. It takes me, I'm trying to find the points I'm supposed to tap on and I'm trying to get this thing done. And so it takes me about 30 seconds and I yawn. And then I, and then I start over and do it again. Cause they said, you know, it might take a couple rounds. And after that second one, I fell right to sleep. I didn't decide to fall asleep. All I know is I woke up the next morning and Mm. I was what else can I try this on? And so I just went off. I was like, I wanted to try it on. I tried it on all my obsessive compulsive issues and they resolved. Like I was just breaking free of mental illness jail. And I was just thrilled and I was just felt empowered and less and less and less confused every day. And, um, and gosh, that was just such a massive turning point for me. And I remember during those days and, and, and I was using this with my husband and we were just healing. And um, I remember thinking that this is a real thing. If I ever go back, this is what I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward, I ended, I did end up going back after about nine years of being a stay at home mom and playing with these interventions and um, just really thriving where I was. I went back and, and I started to go back to work and, and I started to see, wonder if this would help other people. So I started mm-hmm. finding people that would work on this with me just and experimentally because I wasn't going back as a therapist and it helped them. And then, so then I decided I am going to become a therapist. I am going to do this and see what happens. And so I was helping people, but I would notice they still had their disorder. So I was like, well, I wonder if we can use these things to like resolve the whole disorders. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I was practicing that. And then sure enough, we were resolving whole disorders. And then, Mm -hmm. then I was like, can we do it faster? And because who wants to drag these things out and around right. and so I started teaching people the interventions and the strategies. And mm-hmm. I really just figure out with them how they could use it and how I could teach it. And next thing you know, they were doing their healing work between sessions. They were doing specific things. I'd give them homework and they'd go work on it and they'd support their brain where they needed it. And then they'd come back and we'd work together and then they'd go off. So their brain was constantly getting the support it needed to really resolve the symptoms that were showing up in their life, not just when we were working together in some in sessions. And mm-hmm. so I noticed that we were cutting down their healing time, but then they were walking away trained to work with their brain. 
And mm-hmm. that I saw the confidence they had. I saw like they'd come to sessions and they were like, oh yeah, I had this issue come up, but you know, I went to um, an early memory and I just resolved that and, you know, kept moving. And so I knew I'd see you. I mean, I was just, I just laugh in sessions and I'm like, I'm cheating. <laughs> but um I wasn't cheating I'm not cheating (laughs) it works it's not cheating (laughs) anyway so um but I really was like why you know I I, I, during this time I started getting trained in other interventions because I thought it was just emotional freedom techniques I thought this intervention is the end all be all of intervention, mm-hmm. but then I got trained in thought-filled therapy, and that would create the same results. And then I got trained in EMDR, and that was giving mm-hmm. people results. And then I was getting trained, and I'm like nosy now. I'm like, what else is out there? So I'm trying this energy medicine thing. I'm working on chakras and meridians and auras, and and we're all getting the same result. And mm-hmm. so I, and then I'm like, what's up with that? Like, what is this? And so, um. I started to I went I started to learn about interpersonal neurobiology, which is brain mm-hmm. flow. It's how the brain is firing and wiring, which parts of the brain are firing and wiring when we're having when we're in a triggered state or when we're in a mm-hmm. relaxed state. And, and it, it, through hanging out with them and they're trying to understand what's happening, I really realized, oh, these interventions are helping the brain with the brain's own natural process for resolving symptoms. Like brains actually do this, but um, but brains also, the survival system can really cause the whole process to shut down. And these mm-hmm. interventions really are working with the survival system in the survival system's native language, as opposed to talk therapy, which is not the native language of the survival system. Mm-hmm. And, um, and these interventions are sliding right in there and giving the brain the exact support it needs to really get the survival system to unblock the healing process and just let the healing happen. Which mm-hmm. the survival system's so committed to this that it will block the healing process on these symptoms for lifetimes. I mm. mean, it never says, oh, okay, well, okay, fine, I'll let you through this time. No, it's like pain is coming through, run, you know, and that, that right. running point is what shuts down this healing process or the fight, the, the movement into a survival state, right? We are either in a survival state or we're in a processing and, 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 um, growth state or rest state. And, um, so once I realized that I was like, well, I'm just going to only help the brain do its work. Like if we, if the brain can actually do its process for resolving symptoms and symptoms resolve. And so that's really, that's, that's really why, what I, how I got here was like, I got rid of everything that wasn't just helping the brain resolve symptoms, helping wow. the brain do the brain's natural work that it's really good at if the survival system will just kind of come along and Mm -hmm. the survival system isn't being a brat it's really it's it really takes its job very seriously so it's not meaning to make us mentally ill or stop us from healing so that all of our unresolved issues pile up and make mental illness it's Mm -hmm. really just doing what it's created to do and and these interventions and and many other um, mind body interventions really are perfect fits for the survival system, as opposed to talk therapies. You know, which I just was mentioning. But talk therapies are really in the native language of the prefrontal cortex, the thinking center, mm-hmm. and right. 
that's a big difference. And so the survival system doesn't care what you think. It doesn't care what you know. It's not a thinking center. It's not a reasoning center. So you can't use the same strategies for it and think it's going to respond because it doesn't. But mm-hmm. when you come around and you start working with it in its own native language, it's like, oh, sure, I'll let this stuff through in seconds. All of a sudden, some a symptom that has been blocking you for an entire decade is now gone in like 30 seconds, two minutes, 10 minutes if it's super complicated, 40 minutes if it's mega complicated, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is like lifetimes of change in, in a very short time just because the brain can do what the brain is designed and is already trying to do. And- mm-hmm. You know, that's the other piece of this is that all these symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress are just the brain trying to do our healing work and it's just stuck. And so Mm -hmm. that it has me all sorts of like, oh, (laughs) that's not right. You know, let's help you with these symptoms instead of what I used to do with these symptoms, which is run the other direction or Mm trying to trigger them or, you know, and now it's like, you know, it just, it just works better and working with the brain just works better. So that's what, how I got here. Wow. That is awesome. And so insightful just within that introduction. I have so many more questions now, <laughs> but I love that. And I love how just transparent you are with that, because I think, you know, uh, one of the points that I've made in the past is, you know, we focus on like, oh, we need mental health, mental health, mental health awareness, but no one is actually sharing anything about mental care or emotional care. They're just talking about awareness. It's like, okay, I get it, but what do we do? <laughs> so I, I think people know like, okay, I go to the gym or I eat less or whatever. And so I think it's just lack of knowledge of knowing how to work with this control panel we have when it comes to traumas and depression and anxiety and all the feelings that we're having with that, is it more of the limbic brain that's getting affected in regards to how it becomes effective with um, EFT? Or is it what portion of the brain is kind of being resolved? Okay, yeah. Um, So if you understand, okay, so our whole system, our mind-body system is experiencing life and its job, our body and our our mind is to send all the sensory information through Mm -hmm. the brain's healing pathways to the front of the brain where sense is made of it, right? So all of our sensory information is letting us know what's going on in our life. And so Mm -hmm. we need that stuff processed so that we can actually be in this world accurately, Mm-hmm. And um, that information that is positively experienced by us just zooms through this process, like just absolutely rolls through at electric speed. And so we don't really have challenges with our positive emotions and our positive mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is the negative sensory information that comes mm-hmm. through registers in the brain as pain, you know, mm-hmm. sadness, grief, um, rejection, um, uh, abandonment. Um, that feeling of not good enough, all that stuff is very, it registers as pain in our brain. And so mm-hmm. the survival system's job is to get us away from pain. And so it's not a thinking center, a reasoning center doesn't know that all this, this information that registers as pain is actually good for us and needs to get to its final destination into the prefrontal cortex where sense will be made out of it. That part mm-hmm. of the brain, the front of our brain doesn't really, it doesn't see good or bad. It's just information that needs to be processed so it can navigate our world in a really holistic, integrated and balanced way. And so mm-hmm. it's out there, the prefrontal cortex is like, yeah, come on information, come on. Um, even positive or negative, but the survival system is like, whoa, 
And mm -hmm. so it starts blocking that information from coming up into our, into, into our, the healing pathways. It just mm -hmm. will not let it go through because mm -hmm. of its pain. And so, um, it's just an automatic response that's, you know, it's how we survived all these years. You see a tiger, you know, if fear runs through you, off you're running. It's instantaneous. And that part of the brain overrides the rest of us. So even though we want to remain open and sit with our fear or our shame, that part of the brain is going to decide for us if that's safe or not instantaneously. And so these interventions really help us kind of escort the negative emotion through the brain's healing process, like manually in the beginning, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the, the whole brain has to come together to get really good at processing some of these things. And some of us never were able to develop a healthy way of processing. Mm -hmm. and, um, many family systems don't process emotions well. Um, mm -hmm. Other ones process most well, but maybe there's one that's just really difficult. And so mm -hmm. whatever doesn't make it through the healing process is going to cause some problems because your brain's mm -hmm. going to keep working on it and it's going to keep malfunctioning and it's just not going through mm -hmm. um, over time that builds up and whatnot. So the, the, what the tapping is doing or the eye movement or the, um, Oh, gosh, the energy medicine or any of these breathing, these mind body interventions, um, what they're doing is they're engaging their, the survival systems listening to the body, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it cares about. Am I, can, am I gonna, are we going to survive? Am I going to keep its job is to keep the body alive. And mm -hmm. so just like if you're, if you're, if you were to grab a hot pot, it's not going to let you keep holding it. It's going to make you force you to drop it. Mm -hmm. um, that's gotcha. the same thing it's doing with this, with the negative emotions. But when we use the body, we can send, we can send the message that we're, we're safe and it's okay to let this healing happen, even while the body is sending negative pain emotion through. And so we're mm -hmm. kind of, we're doubling up, like we're letting the body do its communication, but we're also helping, helping it by using the body to send this other information that the, that the survival system responds to instantly by letting that, what would be considered painful emotion through to get to the, to get through the healing process and then be converted to our next levels of wellness. And so, um, it's, so it's these interventions and there's many of them and we're actually designed like this. This is, mm -hmm. this is not news, but we have kind of lost touch with this. Like, you know, when yeah. we have babies, they come out, they're crying, they're dysregulated. They're having to adjust to this oxygen thing and mm -hmm. we pick them up and we hold them close and tight and we start rocking them. We start making sounds to them. We start feeding them. These are all, we're communicating with their nervous system. We're actually part of their nervous system regulation process. And because of that, then they start calming and then their whole system starts getting regulated to the fact that there's new air and it starts learning and growing. Mm -hmm. One regular, you can't learn and grow while your nervous system is all dysregulated and, and running amok. And mm -hmm. so as children get older and they're experiencing emotions, maybe they're angry and, you know, mom is going over there and holding them or patting them on the back and comforting them. But we, we usually will do a mind-body intervention with them, patting them on the back, hugging, all that stuff, feeding, all that stuff is, is mm -hmm. we're using the body to send the message to the survival system we're safe. And the body's receiving this because it for it's you know been programmed that if you're running from a lion, you're not eating at the same time, right? You don't mm -hmm. like so it's like, oh we're okay, there's something here that's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so 
but we, so all these things that we're doing naturally with each other, we're hugging each other, we're, we're, um, we're, we intuitively use our body to regulate. And sometimes mm-hmm. we find ways that aren't so fabulous, like drinking, alcohol, emotionally eating, um, uh, sex, um, uh, you know, um, excessive running, uh, walking, um, right? We can do all these things in a way that's not very balanced for us because mm-hmm. we just need our nervous system to get the message that we're safe and we can relax now and chill out. Mm-hmm. And these ways work. And so we, what we're doing with these interventions is we're, we're using the body's own method for regulating and the survival system's own method to receive the information that we're safe. And we're just, we're using a very fast method to do this. We're using like EMDR is using eye movements, back and forth eye movements. Like that's what we're doing in REM sleep when we're processing big emotions and doing some brain work, some mental mm-hmm. mental and emotional work. So what when we're doing this in sessions, we're um, using the brain's natural process for processing intentionally and we're guiding the process. Um, mm-hmm. With tapping, we're using the meridian system. And so it's already, the, the all of our cells are communicating electrically already anyway. So we're just using that one of those systems to send that information through. So your nervous system picks this up. It receives the information very clearly. We're safe. Let this information process and let this symptom process because symptoms are, they're, they're like information packages. Mm-hmm. And we want them processed. We don't want them. We don't want to stuff them down. We don't want to repress them. Um, mm-hmm. We we want them processed. Maybe not all at once because that would be overwhelming and overloading. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we can be diligent and strategic and get some of this stuff processed, get all of the stuff processed that hasn't been able to be processed before just by working with the body and with the brains, the survival system specifically is natural method for healing and resolving issues. Mm, I love that. And I think it really just hits home on how powerful touch is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's another point that not all nervous systems like the same thing. Mm. Where someone for touch may be very grounding for other ones. It's not so grounding. It can be really triggering or maybe Mm. the body has learned that it's not safe. And Um, And, you know, that's really why I personally like to be trained in so many interventions, because there are many people who EMDR is a really horrible fit for. There are Mm. other people that EMDR would be fantastic or that people don't like tapping or they don't, you know, or they want to try it. You know, there's there's you it's it's really important to match brains with the right strategy that will actually get the work done that is effective for that person's brain and nervous system and the regulation process that you want to use an intervention. What I do is what I try the top interventions I know are like have the best chances of working. And I need, I want to see once we're using it it, within those 30 seconds, I want to see their brain do very specific things. And that lets me know this intervention helps their brain complete the healing process because you'll Mm -hmm. see specific things in the healing process. You'll see, um, you'll see stress start releasing and um, desensitizing in the body. Like people will start relaxing. The intensity Mm -hmm. will start going down of the, 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 the symptom. You'll start noticing an increase in logical reasoning as the, the brain is moving this energy into the prefrontal cortex. That's where thinking takes place and logic and reasoning. So we start to see the prefrontal cortex activity, right? We start Mm -hmm. seeing the thinking. Um, We want to also start seeing 
some insights happening. Some, and that those insights are their brains starting to create meaning where there wasn't meaning before. It's like, oh, I see where these two things go together, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, and that means, so we want to see some insights. We also want to see some problem solving. Even if, like, if, if somebody's shifting into a problem solving thing, even if the problem solving is terrible, it's like the solution is awful. It's like, well, yeah, it's awful because there needs to be more information that's processing, but it lets us know the front of the brain is receiving the information and we're moving. And we're moving, mm-hmm. that. we're getting this stuff processed. And sometimes we'll see all of those things. Sometimes we'll just see one or two. Um, any of them are definitely a move in the right direction. And you have an intervention that you can, that, that is a good match. And you can keep trying other ones to see if there are better matches, which I frequently like to do because it doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you have one, you can get to work and you can start doing the healing work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Just knowing um, key indicators of to know if you're on the right track. Cause I think that's the part that we don't know. Most of us We're like, okay, well then I'm going to do this. Oh, I don't know. And then you just kind of go backwards because you're not aware that you're on the right track of, of at least just moving forward. So. Yes. 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 Oh, I hate to do things. You think you're trying to do things and you don't know and you feel like you're walking in circles and yeah, and, yeah me too. And I, you know, with these interventions, it's just, you you know, within about 30 seconds to two minutes of using the intervention, depending on which intervention that it is, if it's going to work or not, if you're looking for the right signs and you know what those are. Gotcha. So if you can get to a place from, I guess, feeling whatever the negative emotions are to then being able to process your thoughts more clearly, or even just process thoughts is a good sign. Yeah. And really it's the brain has the most problem with the negative emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's like um, that the the negative emotion that will register as pain in the brain. And it's not like you, you can't judge this for anybody, right? Because somebody like a little drop of disappointment is like causes a whole brain nervous meltdown. Right. And then some people can tolerate lots of stuff. Um, You it's really specific to somebody's brain, but we don't have problems with our problems. We have problems with how we feel about the problems. Mm. Right? So we don't actually have to help our brain with our thinking. We actually have to help our brain with the negative emotions. And I so um, I will do work with people's thoughts, but I'm in it for the negative emotions attached to the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because I know that that's what's going to stop the, the stuff from moving through the brains. The brains, the brain's natural healing process um, creates accurate thinking. It creates um, acceptance. It creates um, solutions. It creates um, up, up, um, accurate thinking, right? So it's like, I, we don't have to do that for the brain. What we have to do is we have to help it get all this stuff through. I don't mm-hmm. find that it has a problem with the back end stuff. It's just getting the pain through. And so it's like, if, if somebody's talking about something or working on a symptom, I'm looking for where the, where, where the nervous, where this is not, where's the brain struggling with this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not the thoughts. It's what, it's the feelings underneath the thoughts. It's the feelings in the past of traumatic event. It's the, you know, even with beliefs, really um, a lot of times beliefs are really powerful. We know they're part of our subconscious programming. They're why our brain will form specific subconscious mm-hmm. programming. They're really powerful. Um, yeah. uh, but it's less about the belief and more about the emotion attached to the belief 
those mm. out because if we if we get that negative emotion off of there, um, the subconscious mind doesn't even want that belief in there because now it's just a little right. plain old thought. And who wants that around? You know, the subconscious right. mind is looking for blingy, emotionally charged things that mean things. You know, um, mm. and with stuff that doesn't have that negative emotional charge anymore, it's just like it doesn't. It's like I don't think this means anything. I don't think this has any value. And it starts kicking it out, and then your brain will release it. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's really, uh, understanding that it's like, we're just helping, like, where's the brain getting snagged? It's with the pain. It's mm-hmm. with the disappointment. It's with the sadness, with the jealousy. It's with the envy. It's with the, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm a jealous person. I can't stand to see myself like this. It scares me, you know, mm-hmm. to acknowledge that this negative aspect about myself or, mm-hmm. you know, or this painful and emo- um, event that I had this time, right? Where after some rounds of tapping on this stuff, most of the times people are like, oh, you know, that happened. Even the most traumatic, horrible stuff. And then as it processes, you watch their brain really make that horrible thing and make something functional out of it. And people will often even just feel stronger. They'll feel like more confident over it. They'll feel like they're an acknowledgement of their own awesome. Um, A lot of times they'll say this, I wouldn't change a thing. This has made me an amazing person, which that's not how they came to me. Right? Mm. They didn't come saying, oh, this massive trauma experience as a child, you know, is part of my awesome. No, because the brains don't make that part of the awesome pile until it can get it fully processed. But I, what I've noticed is I'm going to even make a big number here. I'm going to say 100% of the time, but let's pretend I'm not going to say that. And I'll say 99.9% of the time. <laughs> it, like, it makes it something positive. And I, my mind is blown but I, I help people process some nasty, awful traumas that have, should have never been experienced on the earth. Wow. And still their brain makes function out of it. It makes, it, it makes all the things their system needs to function well and to be high functioning. And in that's a big contrast when you have trauma and you feel broken and you feel like you're, you're, you're never going to be the same. And, 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 you know, it's, it's like, just let's let your brain work on it for a little while. Mm-hmm. See what happens mm-hmm. before we make any more judgments. Let's, yeah. let's, let's see if we can get this through your processor and see what happens. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. really are, have been willing to do that. And, and it, and it makes a huge, huge change. And another positive point on this is because we're working with the survival system and we're working mm-hmm. with the body, we actually don't need to talk about any of the traumas. And so mm-hmm. go, through, go back and relive them. Some people want to talk about them and process them like that, but a lot of people don't. And mm-hmm. just because you don't want to talk about your traumas doesn't mean you have to. And you're right. And I would, if you don't want to talk about them, I would say, listen to yourself. Don't let anybody tell you different. Don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. But, but you can help your brain resolve them. You can, mm-hmm. and you can help your brain do a very thorough job. And those people I will find will start talking about their trauma, but they will use it to help other people instead mm-hmm. of the trauma being used to continue to hurt them. And they'll talk about it and they'll come back to me and be like, Rachel, I talked about this trauma. I ain't cry. I didn't feel a thing about it. And, you know, and I, I know it happened. I'm not, you know, I didn't erase it, but it just isn't the same. And that's because that's what brains do with this stuff. And they're designed to do this with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And just the fact that 
in my perspective, what I'm finding is that sometimes we can even re-traumatize ourselves by just keep living in that space of replaying it and talking about it over and over again. I mean, I've talked to people, they've literally shared the same exact story over like 25 years and you see how it stunts their growth in moving forward. And it's like, I clearly talking is not always the answer. And that's a clear sign that, that their brain is not able to complete the healing process. Yeah. Literally. That's really what their brain is saying. I need to talk about it again. I need to, I need to bring this up because a lot, a lot of these things need to be brought into conscious awareness to it's like, that's how we load them on the healer, on mm-hmm. the healing, healing uh, train, right? Uh, the processor. Mm-hmm. And, but if it's too painful, no matter how calm you are, right? If you're, if your stomach is sending messages to your brain that this is awful, if, if there's distress going through, your survival system is going to be listening to your body about it. And it's going to mm-hmm. push this stuff off the loader, the loading dock. And then you're going to try to load it again. You're going to talk about it again. And it's going to get thrown off. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, let's load it up one time and then let's engage the survival system with, Hey, let's let this stuff process. Let's send Mm -hmm. out some messages here and watch that thing, make it all the way through the process and come to completion finally. And that those people don't keep repeating the same stories. Now they will, because their brain is using that, they will repeat the next story and let's heal that one. too. And then the next, until the brain is like, okay, I'm good. I want to go do something else. Exactly. Let's go. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I think we're we're a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for. Yes. Yes. These things aren't happening for no reason. They're actually Mm -hmm. happening for very healthy reasons, but brains do need support in this area. And we we haven't really hit the nail on that, on the head on that um, until really recently. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, that's, you know, why I'm doing this. It's why you're doing this is to really mm-hmm. get this information out there because we can heal. We can heal quickly. We can heal thoroughly. We can heal like way beyond our imaginations and um, really just by using some different strategies. Wow. That is so fascinating. So do you have um, just any techniques or any tips that you want to share that you can in regards to just how we can better get those things moving? Yeah, I, um, well, first off, my favorite intervention to hand off to people is emotional freedom techniques, perhaps because it's the one I found first, but really intellectually, it's just the easiest one to use and it's the fastest. Also, Mm -hmm. it works with about 80% of the issues with 100% of people. So I haven't seen it not work. I have seen it not work on specific issues, Um, but I haven't Mm -hmm. seen like, and then, but if we switch issues and try a different one, usually it will do what it needs to do. So, um, it's and so that one I could walk you through a round of that. It's also this is these are on um, if when people join my email list, I start sending them these training videos because I'm like, hey, try an intervention. Try an intervention. Why don't what about this one? Do you like this one? Does your brain like this one? You know? And mm-hmm. I like people to get a hold of them and try them out because there's nothing like experiencing it. And when I'm working with people, I'm not trying to convince anybody, let's get to work. If you see results, great, which I know they will. If you don't, Great. Let's try and do a different intervention. Let's get that one out of here. Mm-hmm. Helping us. Let's, and we're going to f- keep at this until we find one, which, you know, I think it's taken me the most three times to find an intervention that works with somebody. So, I mean, our brains really like these things. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so I, if we have time, I could 
guide us through an experience with emotional freedom techniques? Sure. That's totally up to you. Okay. Well, let's, yeah. let's do it. It's, it'll take us a little bit of extra time because I'm going to talk us through it. You're not okay. going to be able to see me. But, okay. Um, I want you to think of something. Let me say this too. Um, the very first step for resolving a disorder is getting your brain um, up and running it on and resolving stress processing stress. And so it's mm-hmm. one of the easiest things you can practice. It's one of the biggest, um, the least amount of skill you need. You don't need a lot of advanced training for this. It's just, can you get your brains, can you get the wheels moving for processing stress? And a lot of people with anxiety, depression, and trauma, because their brain is not processing stress, you will see them very stressed out. Um, and mm-hmm. so the very first thing we do is give an intervention and go after stress. So mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to guide you with now. So I'm going to invite you to think of something stressful that you experienced maybe today or yesterday, not something too big, right? We're not, we don't need to go there yet. And especially because (laughs) brains are just getting up and running. They really struggle to do big work. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times you give them a bunch of little wins and now they're like, Hey, what about this bigger thing over here? And then you're like, okay, let's do that. And then they're like, okay, that worked. How about this? You know, and so you want to really let the brain lead this, the bigger and bigger ones. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's start with something smallish. Okay. It could be something that drives you nuts. It can be something that's just keeps showing up in your mind over and over again. But I'm going to let you think of that thing. Okay. I got it. You got it. Okay. Now I want you just to think, well, what's so bad about this? And see what answer comes up from within yourself. Let me know when you have that. Okay. Okay. And let's go one layer deeper and just say, what's so bad about this? Or what's so frustrating or what's so bad about this? Mm. Okay. Okay. Now I want you to look all around your body and I want you to see where you feel this the most, which parts of your body are feeling what's so bad about this the most. Mm, I would say more like in my neck, okay. neck region, lower head, like lower head, neck region. Mm-hmm. Great. And there's no, there's no necessarily rhyme or reason about this. So you might find it in your toe. You might find it in your calves. A lot of people will find it in their stomach or their chest, um, but mm-hmm. it's also common to find it in your head. So, um, so and I want you, while you're looking at what your body's doing and just how stressful this is, I want you to rate this on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being maximum distress, zero being zero distress. Mm, I'd say like a four and a half, five. Okay. All right. And um, so with that in mind, all of that, I want you to start tapping on the side of your hand. This is not the side where your thumb is. But it's like a karate chop point. If you're going to karate chop something, you're tapping right there. It's in the meaty side of your hand, not the back, mm-hmm. not the palm, the side under your pinky. Okay. And so you're tapping there. And I just want you to think about this stressful thing and mm-hmm. sensations in your neck. And then I'm going to have you bring your hands up and tap on your eyebrow points. These are close to your nose at the beginning of your eyebrow. Okay. Okay. And you're just tapping. We're tapping lightly. We're tapping, um, three to 12 times. Doesn't matter. You can tap, tap 20 times in each spot. doesn't matter. Um, and then come to the outsides of your eyes and tap on that, on that corner outside your eye. Okay. 
And I'm just having you keep your mind on this dresser as much as you can. It doesn't have to be perfect. Under your eyes. And this is directly under the um, your pupils. On your cheekbone there. And then I'm going to have and just tap there a couple times. And then I'm going to have you tap under your nose, above your lip. And you're tapping there. Mm -hmm. And then under your lip. And just think about this stress and that sensation in your neck how uncomfortable it is. And then um, now that you're done with your under your lip, come under your collarbone points. These are, um, if you find that round bony part of your clavicle, your, your collarbone, mm -hmm. and just come mm -hmm. under it one inch or so, and then out like a half an inch. There's a little divot in there, but this does not have to be perfect. Um, I really mean that. Um, I know my fellow OCD ears are like, no, it does have to be, but really... <laughs> around that those collarbone points you're doing the best mm -hmm. thinking about that stressful thing what's so annoying about it what's so upsetting about it and then you're going to tap under your armpit and this is like right about where the middle of your bra strap is like about four mm -hmm. inches under on your rib cage below your elbow your underarms and so if you're a guy and you were wearing a bra it'd be right there too gotcha. okay um, and then if you're, you're going to, we're going to tap on some hand points. So you're going to, um, act like you're going to reach out and shake someone's hand. That's going to leave your thumb right in the air. And I'm going to have you tap on the part of your thumb by your nail closest to you. Okay. And then I'm going to have you, if you leave your hand just like that, I'm going to have you come down to your first finger and tap by the nail. Mm -hmm. Feel that stressor, put your mind on that. Um, and your middle finger tap on that top part your nail and then we're going to skip down to the pinky finger and tap on the by the nail as well and then we're going to come on the back of the hand between the pinky finger and the ring finger bones on the back of the hand you're just going to tap in there for a moment okay and you're thinking about your stressor and then you're going to tap on the top of your head too one more time or not or a couple times all right so now I'm going to have you tune back into what's stressing you, that stressful thing. Now we're just working on one area. So I don't try to, don't let your mind drift because your mind want, might want to, because it's like, okay, let me yeah. tell you about this next thing now. Um, right. But <laughs> we didn't work on that next thing. So let's, um, that one stressor. And if you're thinking about just that, how intense is that? Did it go up? Did it stay the same? Did it go down? Uh, I think I feel like it went down. It was almost hard for me to keep thinking about it because I started to feel like good. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, wait, thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely don't. It's yeah. And I that's one of the pieces that it kind of starts to fade a little bit. And that's, mm -hmm. um, that's a really cool thing here because the, the thinking center really wants to solve problems. So it'll go in and focus on something. Like it's very hard to pull its attention away from something because it's like, no, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to deal with it right now. And you're like, and you're not because we've been doing this for an hour now. Um, <laughs> but when you start tapping, you're helping it actually complete the work. So then it's like it lets go of it. And then it, it, and once it's finished, you can't even bring it back over here. You're like, okay, let's go back to this. And people are like, no, it's not. I, it's just like, okay, yeah, but let's come back to that stressor. And they're, they just, they can't hold the attention because their brain really doesn't want to do it anymore. It's like, we did it. We're done. Yes. And so exactly. it becomes a little bit more distant, a little bit more fuzzy, but it's getting converted into a different form than the memory like that. And some people worry, am I going to lose my memory? 
No, your brain also knows the importance of the things and what's mm -hmm. important to you. And just because you take the negative emotion off doesn't mean you're going to let go of the memory. You'll actually mm -hmm. uh, have the memory more available to you because before your brain was just attracted to the pain of it. And it was just mm -hmm. the pain, but now you actually get the memory without the pain. And that's super helpful. Gotcha. Because then it, you, I guess you can apply that information to something else, like as a learning Mm -hmm. kind of like a lesson kind of that's right and I don't know what your brain is going to do with that but we just helped yeah. your brain start processing the stress that you're in over there and brains use stress to grow um mm. and so we actually stress is not a bad thing it's when it becomes too much that's when it becomes traumatic stress and and traumatizing to us when it's too low usually we're not growing we're getting bored we'll usually down there self-destruct a little bit so we cause some stress um mm -hmm. so it, it's stress is not necessarily a bad thing. So, um, but you, you might watch your brain start to make more solutions. You might get more insights happening. And so even just a little bit of work like that, sometimes brains are like, Oh, great. Now I can we're, get in here and work. And sometimes they need more, some more rounds of tapping to really help them get through what they need to get through to be able to start working on the information. Awesome. Ah, oh, Rachel, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of this insightful information. It is so eye-opening. How can anyone get in touch with you? And I know you have a program that you want to share. Just kind of give us a little bit more so we can really utilize your, your help. Yeah, I um, I have developed a curriculum called Inner World Transformation, and this curriculum is designed to walk people through resolving anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress um, in two to six months, and instead wow. of two to six years. And um, it's a very strategic program. It really helps people figure out exactly where to begin. It teaches them how to work with their brain, how to listen to their brain, how to help, how to follow the brain around to help the brain do the healing work, and um, really helps them get their brain what they need, what the brain needs so that the brain can turn around and help them reach their goals, which that's also part of the program because that's part of wellness. And is mm. our brain should also be helping us reach our goals, not just spinning wheels. Um, mm -hmm. Usually there's a, that's a different challenge. So everything in is lined out as I've found it to be the best for my clients, whether they're therapy clients or coaching clients. And it's like, it's like a recipe. Uh, you just follow the recipes and you get the you get the outcome. So um, it is a working program. It is diving in and working with your brain in a very specific way. And it is really phenomenal. I get emails from people all the time. So um, letting me know what they've uncovered and the results they're getting, how it's impacting their family and helping them really heal. So um, this is available. Um, you can find out more about this on my website by going to rachelmcleod.com. And my name is spelled like Rochelle. So you got to make sure you get all the E's and the L's in there. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll have the um, link available yeah. as well. But um, and yeah, my website's the place to be. You can sign up for my email list. You can learn about this program um, and you can take the next steps if it sounds like the right thing for you. And I make this program, Inner World Transformation, available as a self-study online course. And I also do um, have an intensive coaching program where this program and curriculum is the foundation of the work. And then I walk beside people every step of the way, every step through their inner world transformation. So so inspiring thank you so much rachel thank you for your time today i'm gonna to let you go but um i really do appreciate you sharing everything thank you for having me <laughs>